Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Fantastic, fantastic. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We are in part 2 of a four-part series on the Holy Spirit. Anybody fired up about the Holy Spirit? If you were here last week, we talked about who he is, kind of gave a a little introduction. And and, uh, it's a learning experience that all of us are growing and going through. We talked about who he is last week. Today, I want to talk to you about what he does, what he does. We're going to look at the work of the Spirit of God in our lives Um, Next week, I'll talk to you about what he gives. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, And then the final installment, I'm not bringing a sermon. I'm just bringing myself. And I'm going to make room for whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. So we're going to sing a little bit. We'll worship. We'll pray. We're just going to obey God. I think the Spirit of God is going to heal people and set some people free and, and encourage people. Anybody interested in that? Come on, don't miss the last week of this series, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Now, I've got a, I've got a confession, okay? I, I'm going to give you a confession that you may be surprised to hear. In fact, you, you may be disappointed. I'm a little embarrassed, but I think confession is good for the soul, especially in church. How many know it's good to keep it real in church? How many thinks it's important that the pastor keep it real in church? We're not faking it to make it, okay? Honest, honest confession. I have been struggling reading my Bible. I have. I know that may disappoint some of you. It's just been difficult. The last couple of months have been hard for me to read my Bible. Not because I lack motivation, or not because I've been too busy or disinterested. I just can't see it. All right, so so today... I know, I, I, I really, I have been struggling. I have been ST-ruggling. You know, because I, I read my Bible every day. Every day I'm in the Word, okay? Don't think pastor hadn't read the Bible for two months. But I've been struggling because I just can't make the words out in my Bible anymore. And so Rachel recommended, and I've been fighting it too. She recommended that I get some readers. So I, I've got a little help today. And I have, I, I've held on as long as I could. I wore glasses as a kid growing up, and then as a teenager, I got contacts, and then as a young adult, I had LASIK surgery, and now I'm back to glasses again, all right? And and this was kind of a really unique conversation, too, and Rachel's been helping me, helping me. She's not letting me pick out the the readers that I I feel are best, because she she doesn't want me to turn into a pawpaw too soon, so she's got to get me the frames that actually look... Okay, here we go. This is just so, this is strange. You know what's interesting? You can tell I don't want to put these on and read just yet. The title of this series is called Clear. Come on, somebody. How many know the Holy Ghost will help bring some clarity to some things and help you see it? Oh, there's the scripture right there. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Read with me. Read with me, New Living Translation. The Bible says this. So all of us, somebody say all. All of us who've had that veil removed can see 
and reflect the glory of God. You see, God doesn't want you to just see it. He wants you to reflect it. There's a glory that the Holy Spirit will manifest. And it's not just to behold, but it's to experience and to express. Paul says, so all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, come on, there he is. The Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him. As we are changed, somebody say changed, into his glorious image. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? What's the role of the Holy Spirit? To change us. To transform us. To help us be more and more like Jesus. A couple weeks ago, our kids went back to school. And um, I bring my son to school Monday through Friday. Every day, I'm bringing him to school. And you know what it's like at the beginning of a school year. You have to understand and discern the traffic patterns in Baton Rouge. Can I have an amen from all the parents who are taxi drivers? And that changes, you know. We got in the car day one, and it's like, wow, where'd all this traffic come from? And then I go my normal route, and I see an orange and white barrel. And I see a sign that says, under construction. And traffic is backed up. And I'm thinking, man, I'm not gonna get to school on time this way. How many know that you gotta set time to leave the house? And you're okay if you leave at like 10 after, but if you leave at 15 after, you're gonna be late, like 20 minutes late. So I see that orange and white barrel. I think it ought to be the state tree of Louisiana. Every road in Baton Rouge is under construction. I took a shortcut through a neighborhood. I know I'm not supposed to do that, but I did. And I ran into another orange and white barrel. This road's under construction. That road is under construction. I got frustrated, and the Holy Spirit helped me to see something. He said, Mike, when I look at your life, I see that orange and white barrel. You are under construction. Now, you may not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you used to be. God is at work by his spirit. Notice the scripture says that the Holy Spirit helps us become more and more. It's progressive. It's not instantaneous, but we are a work in progress. And the Bible says that the goal is for us to be like Jesus. It's specific. It's not generic, but there's a reason why the Holy Spirit is at work in us, to help us be like like Jesus. And, you know, and I'm thankful to be a part of a church that's sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that cooperates with the Holy Spirit, that invites the Holy Spirit to come in and do what he does. You know, the greater relationship you have with somebody, the longer you spend time with somebody, the more you begin to think like them, act like them, talk like them, walk like them, do like them. You know, Rachel and I, it's funny because I think we're becoming our parents. (laughs) She'll, I'll say something, I'll do something, and she'll be like, well, okay, Howard. That's my dad's name, Howard. Okay, Howard. And then I'll say, well, look at you, Nancy June. You act like your mama. You know? And the same is true. When you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring honor and glory to Jesus. It's not to say, well, I have the Holy Spirit. You don't. I'm better than you. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit isn't to make me better than you. It's helping me to be better than me. 
There is no haves and have-nots, okay? I think it's important. And in this series, what we talked about last week, who he is. Now we're going to look at what he does, okay? How does he transform us to be more and more like Christ? Three things, okay? He eliminates, he elevates, and he empowers, okay? These three things I want to talk to you about today. He eliminates, somebody say eliminates, say elevates, say empowers, Okay, number one, let's look at what does he eliminate? The Holy Spirit will help eliminate the sin in your life. Is it okay for us to talk about sin? How many know we don't like to talk about sin in church, do we? Oh, man, pastor, I was feeling so good until you kind of turned the corner. What is this, some religious guilt trip? No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit is going to help to eliminate the bondage and the brokenness that sin creates in your life. Look at what the scripture says in in the gospel of John, John chapter 16. Jesus said this to his disciples. He said, in fact, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the helper will not come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Now watch what he does in verse eight. And when he comes, he will convict. Somebody say convict. He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Notice what it says here. Conviction in three realms of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now notice this. Sin is what's wrong. Righteousness is what's right. And judgment is what's coming. The Holy Spirit will help you to know what's wrong, what's right, and what's about to come. How many of you think this could be super helpful in your life? If you knew what was wrong, what was right, and what was coming. You see, this is why as believers, we should have an advantage over non-believers. Because the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is talking to us. The word here, convict, in the Greek, it's translated to rebuke or to expose. Now, conviction is not a bad thing. I think it gets a bad rap, but conviction is actually a good thing. The Holy Spirit will talk to you about things in your life that don't belong. Holy Spirit will talk to you about people in your life that don't belong. The Holy Spirit will talk to you about things, habits, uh, certain issues and dynamics that aren't doing you any good. And he will eliminate, he'll help you cut those things away. I remember hearing uh, not long ago the great artist and sculptor, Michelangelo. You probably remember studying him in school. Michelangelo, would uh, the, the, the paintings and the sculptures. Remember the famous sculpture that he made of David? Some of you probably seen that. It's a famous sculpture. How did he do that? Some of his critics were like, I can't, how in the world do you take a piece of stone and create this incredible detailed statue of King David? It it must be so hard. And Michelangelo responded, he said, well, no, not really. It's kind of easy. I just chip away at every stone that doesn't look like David. I just extract what doesn't look like him and what's left is him. And I think the Holy Spirit does the same thing. He knows the spirit of Christ. He knows what Jesus looks like. And that's the template. And anything in our lives that don't look like Christ, he talks to us about. Now, conviction is different than condemnation. Can I have a good amen? Condemnation is to make you feel bad. 
Condemnation is to bring shame. Conviction is about hope. Conviction is about an opportunity for something better. You see, uh, condemnation is about paying you back, but conviction is about bringing you back. Remember the prodigal son when he was, was slopping hogs in a pig pen and the Bible says he came to himself? He said, I had it better back in my father's house. You see, God wasn't trying to punish him and pay him back. He was trying to bring him back. And the role of the Holy Spirit is to bring you back into right standing with Jesus, to bring you out of bondage and darkness and confusion and chaos and put you into peace and clarity and right standing with the Lord. Are you with me today? I remember years ago when I was in college, I came home one summer and I was painting a house in Walker. That was my summer project, to paint a house in Walker. And of course, you know, summer days in Louisiana, excruciating hot. And so I I packed my lunch that morning, ham and cheese sandwich. I got a couple of ham and cheese sandwiches, put them in a little brown paper bag, and I rolled to Walker to paint this house. So I left that that bag in my car at about 12.30, 1 o'clock. I had mayonnaise. I had some lettuce, pickle. I mean, listen, that sandwich was loaded. I was going to eat good. I got to my car, and and I said, oh, great, the cheese is melted. I didn't have to put it in the microwave. This is awesome. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this story. So I slammed a couple ham and cheese sandwiches, and then then later on that afternoon, I didn't feel so right. In fact, something disagreed with me right here, and it was like talking to me. And it let me know in a very violent way that it did not belong. Come on, somebody. Can I tell you this? The Holy Spirit is the same. The Holy Spirit will let you know there's something that just doesn't agree. Man, what you did or what you said, ooh, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't look like, sound like, act like, walk like, talk like Jesus. How many of you have things in your life that you need to eliminate? Come on now. Maybe it's a friendship that you need to cut ties with because it's not bringing life to you. Maybe it's a habit or a secret sin. Nobody knows, man, but the Holy Spirit loves you so much. Listen, you know why God hates sin so much? Is because he is crazy in love with you. And he knows how destructive sin is in our lives. So he gives us the Holy Spirit. Just as pain is a way of signaling the brain that something in the body is not right, conviction is the Holy Spirit's way of signaling our soul something's not right and it needs to change. Number one, he eliminates. Number two, he elevates. Everybody say elevates. What does the Holy Spirit elevate in us? He elevates the fruit. Can I take a moment to talk to you about the fruit of the Spirit? I think this is super important. In Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 22. Scripture reminds us, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, Page, well, wait, look, look, those four things right there. How many of you, you need that in your life? I'm not even halfway through this list. How many of you could use a little more love? Only three of you? Listen, I've looked at y'all's Facebook stuff. There's not a whole lot of love out there now. How many of you need the joy of the Lord to bring strength to you? How many of you want to lay your head on your pillow at night and be in perfect peace? 
Confusion and chaos may be around you, but it doesn't have to be in you when you have the fruit of the Holy Spirit growing in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, look, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Can I have an amen? This is the fruit of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit wants to eliminate the bondage and the darkness and the sin in our lives, he wants to elevate the fruit of the Spirit so that we will be everything God created us to be. Now, there's a reason why I'm talking about fruit this week. Next week, we'll talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And I think the gifts, you're going to discover some things about yourself next week that you didn't know God had placed inside of you. But I think it's imperative for us to talk about fruit before we talk about gifts. A lot of people chasing the gifts. What's your gift? And I've got this gift. And did you know the Lord has gifted me this way? And that's great. But fruit is foundational. Fruit is what gives us the strength to operate in the fullness of the gift. You say, well, Mike, well, right, this is about the Holy Spirit. Aren't you going to talk about speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues? We've got to talk about speaking in tongues. Listen, I think sometimes the greatest evidence of being filled with the Spirit is not speaking in tongues, but controlling your tongue. Ooh. Y'all didn't like that, did you? So, wait, I don't know if I read that. Let me put my glasses on. I didn't see that anywhere. You see, there's a danger, let me tell you, there's a danger when you're chasing gifts, but you're not bearing fruit. Fruit is about character. Fruit is the foundation from which God can grow the gifts. In fact, if you're chasing gifts, but you're not bearing fruit, you end up being a fruit loop. <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that why sometimes the world will criticize the church because, oh, well, we can prophesy. Oh, we can speak in tongues. Oh, we can interpret. But we can't even act right. We can't walk in kindness and gentleness and self-control. You see, the, the Holy Spirit is, is more than just you showing off your gifts. The Holy Spirit first wants you to begin to produce fruit. He wants you to be fruitful. Now, let's talk about what, what this, how this looks. I want to give you A, B, C, D. Okay, quickly, hustle with me. Letter A, growth will happen. When the Holy Spirit is present in your life, you will grow. Fruit is the proof that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. How many of you know talk is cheap? Nobody cares if you talk a good talk. They want to make sure you are walking the walk. In fact, you can be all leaves and no fruit. Remember when Jesus saw the fig tree? And he went to, he was hungry. He went to the tree to get some figs. It was in full leaf, the Bible says, but it wasn't producing any fruit. So what did he do? He cursed it. I got no use for you. Listen, I pray that God's blessing will rest upon us because we are bearing fruit. We are growing in love. We are, we are walking in the strength that comes from the joy of the Lord. The peace of God guards us and guides us as we make decisions. Now, Jesus said, you will know a tree by what? By the fruit that it bears. In other words, you know it's an apple tree because you see the apples on the limbs. Guess what? I'm convinced of this. You shouldn't have to tell anybody you're a Christian. They should see it by the fruit in your life. 
If you have to tell them you're a believer to convince them of where your faith is, I wonder if you really have faith. Now, you know, it's fruit that is the result of faith. You don't have to twist somebody's arm and talk the talk. Man, you're living your life and it's speaking something to a watching world. Growth happens. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 8. I love the Amplified. He says, when you bear and produce much fruit, somebody say much fruit, my father is honored and glorified and you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. The presence of the Holy Spirit will produce a fruitfulness. Growth will happen. But watch this. Growth will also take time. It takes time. You don't microwave these results. There's a process involved. I know our kids went back to school and we do this as parents. How many of you, you take a picture of your kids on the first day of school and they're in their uniforms and they're smiling and they're holding that sign that says the first day of the third grade. And you're just so proud of these kids. And look at my boy, my boy, look at my sweet little girl. First day of the third grade. And then if you're like us, you'll go back in time and you'll pull up a photo of the first day of the second grade. And you'll look at the second grade version and the third grader and you're like, wow, what happened? He's growing. Just getting big. How did that happen? Well, listen, it didn't happen overnight. How many of you know you don't develop in a day, but you develop daily? Little by little. You know, now we didn't have Instagram when I was a kid. So mama, I don't know if she did this, if your parents did this, she would measure how tall we were. She'd say, son, go stand up against that door frame right there. Did your parents do that? Stand up against the door frame and she'd kind of, with a little pencil, mark the door frame and put the date and my initials. Little Mikey, here he is. Well, look at little Mikey. And then the next year, she'd mark it again. And you saw something happen. You know, it's amazing to me how growth takes time. But if you're patient with it, how many of you know you got to be patient with people? Because God is patient with you. How many of you are thankful that the Lord has been patient as you have been developing? That's why I would say this. Be careful that we don't rush to judgment when somebody has a bad day or a bad moment. Aren't you glad that God doesn't judge us by our worst moments? How many of you have had some pretty bad moments? Oh, the rest of you are not being honest. Aren't you glad that God doesn't take a picture of your worst moment and post it up on this big screen for all of us to just see? Well, look at you. No, he he sees us at our worst, but the Holy Spirit helps us to be our best. And so growth is a process, but it takes time time. It's not about perfection, but it is about direction. And so let me just encourage you, if some of you, uh, maybe you're struggling through some things right now, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. You keep trusting God. God is growing you and you're going in a process from glory to glory. Can I have a good amen? Growth, it'll happen. It takes time. Check this out. But it's also seasonal. Growth is seasonal. There are certain seasons of growth. Have you seen your kids hit growth spurts? 
I mean, it's just like, boom, they blow up. And it's like, how in the world? It's like the other day, Trevor walked out of his room and he's like, hi, dad. I'm like, who is this grown man in my house? Put your shirt on. He loves to walk around with no shirt and every mirror he sees, he's just, he likes it. Like, dude, where those guns come from? I'm the bishop of biceps, what? But he had a growth spurt. I'm like, Rachel, what are we feeding this kid? I mean, he's a big boy, isn't he? He loves his groceries. He's eating us out of house and home. I remember when I was in the seventh grade, as a seventh grader, I was 5'2". I was the point guard on the basketball team, all right? Little point guard, bringing the ball up the court, calling plays, 5'2". At the end of my seventh grade year. That summer between my seventh and eighth grade year, I started to, to develop pain in my knees. My knees started to swell, and so my mom took me to see an orthopedic, and he diagnosed me with a condition called Osgood Schlatter's. Some of you are probably familiar with that. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a growing pains disease where your bones are growing so fast that the cartilage in my knee couldn't keep up. And so as I'm playing ball, all the pounding caused my knees to swell, and it was incredibly painful. And so the doctor put me in a brace to immobilize one of my legs. So here, think about it. This is the summer between my seventh and eighth grade year. Here in the summertime, all my friends, they're swimming, they're playing ball, they're doing what, they're so active, and I can barely even walk, and I hurt so bad, and I had to ice my knees every night, and I was miserable, and I said, God, why? And then by the time I started the eighth grade, when I started school, you know how tall I was? I went from 5'2 to 5'10. I went from being the point guard to the power forward, what's up? I like that height. I was like, check me out. Give me the ball down on the low post, baby. But you know what? It took some pain to get there. Watch this. The growth that you've been praying for. Can I tell you the price tag of that growth? It's called pain. Sometimes God will allow you to suffer through different seasons. Oh, but hear me. He's stretching you. He's enlarging you. The things that you've asked God for, God's trying to get you ready to receive them. So during the pain, during the struggle, instead of the criticism and the complaints, why don't you ask yourself, hey, what is the Holy Spirit trying to teach me in this season? Because how many of you know we serve a good God? He doesn't create pain, but he allows it. And he'll allow pain to develop his purposes inside of you. Can I have a good amen? The Holy Spirit's going to help you navigate the seasons of difficulty. Growth is seasonal. Letter D, growth isn't isolated. It's not singular. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, there's a whole list of things that God wants to grow. That's why we can't say, well, you know what? I'm joyful, but I just can't be patient. No, the Holy Spirit's going to help you be patient because that's a fruit of the Spirit. Or, well, you know, I I can be kind, but I just don't know if I have self-control. No, the Holy Spirit is going to help you walk in self-control. Now, now here's the thing we got to remember. It's not our strength that is manufacturing this fruit. It's the presence of his Spirit that creates the seed for growth. Can I tell you something about growth? Healthy things grow. If your heart is healthy, then you will automatically 
grow. I don't have to beg my son. I don't stand over his bed at night and say, oh, Trevor, 6'4", 225, all muscle in Jesus' name. Lord, please, please. It's a scholarship, my retirement plan, NFL, God, please. You know what I do? I make sure that he's fed. Well, his mama makes sure that he's fed. Make sure that he gets plenty of rest. Make sure that he's exercising and that his body is free from sickness. If he is healthy, growth is automatic. And if your spirit is healthy, see, the Holy Ghost is going to help you be healthy right here. If you're healthy, growth will happen automatically. Finally, let me just say this. Growth isn't just for you. The fruit that grows in your life, it's not about you. Let me ask you this. Who benefits from the fruit of a tree? Is it the tree? Mm -mm. It's those who pick it. And what's growing in you is not just for you. That tells me this. If I grow in love, my marriage is going to be blessed. If I grow in patience, my children will benefit from that. If I grow in goodness and kindness, my friendships are going to flourish. You'll be better at your job when you're growing personal fruit in your life. It will benefit your team, your employer, and you will grow your business. Can I have a better amen? Number one, he, he eliminates. Number two, he elevates. Finally, number three, he empowers. He empowers. What does the Holy Spirit empower? He empowers you to live a life that's pleasing to God. How many of you are thankful for the additional power that's available to us through the Holy Spirit? Jesus knew we would need a whole lot of help in this thing. And so he sent us a helper. And that Holy Spirit comes to help us in a way that we couldn't do on our own. Now, granted, you got to go in the strength that you have. But when you go in the strength that you have, the Holy Spirit gives you the strength that you need. You with me? I said a lot right there. But he requires us to go with what we have. You say, Micah, it's not much. Can I tell you, God doesn't need much. But you go in the strength that you have, and here comes the Holy Spirit giving you the strength that you need. Man, it's just so hard at work. Yes, it's hard. But you have the Holy Ghost. Man, it's just so hard raising these kids and keeping up with... Yes, it is. But you have the Holy Ghost. Man, it's just so hard. I'm struggling financially. You know what? The Holy Spirit will give you what you need. There's, we ought to take great joy. There's a power that's coming to you. You know what I thought about when I read this again? Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how old I am. I thought about Pac-Man. Remember, y'all, y'all remember the, 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 the Atari days? The original gamers. Come on, where you at, baby? Where you at? Old school. I see you up there, old school. Pac-Man. Remember Mrs. Pac-Man? Just put a bow on her. Miss Pac-Man. Man, I could kill pac Oh, dude, I, could, I dominated. Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. Pac-Man was my favorite, though. Well, the, the Pac-Man is supposed to eat all the dots. You know, they got this board full of dots and you got to stay away from the ghosts right the ghosts chasing you coming after you but when the pac-man at the corners of that board there were these things called power pellets and when pac-man would eat the power pellet he was no longer running from the ghosts but he's running at them 
And he's going to clear everything in his way. And it's like the Lord reminded me that the Holy Spirit is the power pellet that you need. Some of you have been running from things. God hadn't given you a spirit of fear. Man, he's given you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And this, God loved us so much, Jesus died on the cross, but Jesus left. Pastor, you told us Jesus left. Yes, he left so he could send you the help of the Holy Spirit. It's better. How many of you today say, Pastor, pray for me because I need this help in my life today. Come on. Can I tell you this? It's available to you, and he's here right now. You receive that today? Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.